Hello and welcome to the Trainer Tools podcast. In this episode, I'm interviewing Merla van der Voorde. She's someone who found evaluation to be probably the most boring part of the whole L&D cycle and the L&D job. But then she was given a project to create uh, an evaluation strategy for all the L&D work happening in their organization. And in this episode, she talks us through how she did that, what she did, what she accomplished. Hope you find it useful. I'm here today with Merla van der Voorde. Hi, Merla. How are you? Hi. Hello. I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> well, thanks very much for agreeing to be on this podcast. I, you've got quite an interesting topic that you want to talk about because you work in the Dutch public sector and you've mm-hmm. been doing a lot of work around evaluation of learning, which obviously in the public sector, that's quite a big issue. So, do you yes. want to, so what is it you want to actually share today? Well, actually, I suppose I would like to share our road to um, to, to make things better because uh, we started evaluating quite lousy, actually. <laughs> and um, Quite lazy, seen... did you say? Sorry. No, no, no. Quite uh, lousy. Um, oh, lousy. Uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it wasn't. Um, oh, that's like everybody our... else when yes, it comes I to suppose. evaluation. Yeah. Uh, the quality of our ev- evaluations uh, was really uh, very bad and... Um, Actually, it wasn't me who uh, wanted to make them better. It was my boss. Um, but let's start at the beginning. In the beginning, when we started evaluating, we did what most organizations, I, I assume, do. But I, I do think that many roads, many organizations are actually trying to make this better. So, But what we did is that we, after a training or a, a whole trajectory, we would um, give the people happy sheets. <laughs> And um, and they would uh, tell us uh, how they uh, assess the room, the trainers, um, possibly the program, <laughs> and uh, we we knew how happy people were after the training, and that was it. Sometimes we would ask some more in-depth questions, and then we had some answers, and we had a little bit more information than we did before, uh, but then still we didn't know a lot, so. Um, we decided to do things better, or actually I didn't decide because um, when I started working uh, in the Dutch public sector where I work now in the learning and development um, department, uh, my boss actually said, we really need to start evaluating better. And I thought, this is the most boring topic you could have ever <laughs> asked to do, me to do because evaluating... Yeah, it's the, it's the sort of thing bosses ask other people to do, isn't it? Yeah, it is, uh, because no one really wants to uh, start evaluating better because it's it's boring it sounds like something you need to do extra and um it also sounds like it also sounds like a lot of hard work to get not a lot of results because like you were saying about happy about happy sheets is the thing with a happy sheet is you you get some kind of confirmation usually that what you that you did your job reasonably well or that it worked it landed reasonably well but it Mm -hmm. doesn't but it doesn't really drive much change it doesn't really make a lot of difference no it, it it might help a bit um, because if, if something went really bad it, you should notice from the evaluation form and then you would be driven to do things differently but it, you might not know what to do differently but I kind of think you should know that anyway if you're delivering the training you know yeah I think you would feel that and the happy sheet wouldn't really add anything to it so um, 
yeah, a, a training gone wrong is actually, if that's true, you, you already know that during the trainings, I suppose. But, and that, that's what, what, what helped that, that's what happened to us. Um, because you know a lot that is going wrong, but you don't know exactly um, what is going wrong and especially what you don't know. And that is, I think, the biggest change for us is what impact the training actually has on people and on their work and uh, what the training is actually doing <laughs> to better the world, <laughs> to, to make it. Yeah. Make what it impact, what impact. It's what having, impact. Yeah. Just that simple. Yeah. And um, so after I got this assignment from my boss, I, I started the way I think still a lot of people already do. And I started looking into evaluation as a general topic. And then of course, Kirkpatrick was my starting point because um, I think many trainers do know Kirkpatrick. He's the one that is actually also made at least some distinction between the levels in which you can evaluate. I'm not sure. I, I think most people know this, but I could mention them just uh, because. Yeah, I think, I think probably people do, but let's yeah. just Let's just go. Th- I think every, every trainer is bored to tears of Kirkpatrick. And, but yeah, I, maybe I, we should just. I think you're right that, but I do think you're right that, that I think it's kind of fashionable to diss Kirkpatrick, probably for good reason, because people yeah. use it quite poorly. But at the same time, as you said, he quite rightly articulated the different levels. He did. And, um, in, in, in general, what we do is we only evaluate on level one, which is pleasure. And sometimes we try to evaluate on the level of potential. Well, what, what helped me really um, in the beginning or what triggered me is that I, I actually started reading on this topic, which was boring in the beginning. <laughs> but after a while, it got really interesting. And uh, what, what triggered me was that I read a model uh, that was uh, written by or it was uh, thought up by Bershin. And he um, what he says is if you want to be a world class organization, you need to spend at least eight to 10% of your budget on your training budget on evaluating your training and almost 10% to, to me seemed like a lot of money. Yeah, that is that I've, I've never heard that before, but that's incredible. Yeah. Yes. And he actually studied a lot of organizations and he, he found this number and the, the standard organization would spend about three to five percent or allocate about three to five percent of the budgets of their training to to evaluation and uh, but the the more the better performing organizations seriously evaluate and that triggered me because i well we all want to become a world-class organization don't don't we yeah of course um yeah so i i started reading more and more and um and i started to actually not just know kirk Patrick, but also to understand what he was about. And so what we at, at least try to do, because that's what, what we want to know is how many, because we actually evaluated some of our trainings, but not even everything, because if we would, for, for example, organize a, a team day, sometimes it would be almost like, oh, we only spent half a day with these people about this and this topic, and let's not bother them with an evaluation. And um, and then there were like the bigger programs that would take about a year, like our leadership program. And it was also a bit strange that we would use a happy sheet for this program and for a day's training. Um, so we, we actually use the same evaluation instruments for such different programs. Um, so what we wanted to know, what we also decided at that point was um, 
okay, how many evaluations do we do and at what level do we do them? So what we decided was to at least try to evaluate all of our uh, programs at the pleasure level. And then we try to evaluate about 60% at the the potential level, 30% performance, 10% productivity, and then 5% we actually do an ROI study, which is the profitability level in Kirkpatrick. Can I just break in there for a second? Because yes. you're, use, you're using words of um, pleasure, potential, performance, productivity, and profitability to describe the levels. And yes. I just I just wanted to kind of very quickly, because I've always used the word reaction level. Okay. At first, yeah. where, where you've called pleasure, as in yeah. what, how did they react? What was the, how did they respond to the training course in that moment? And then the poten- what you've called potential, when I've seen this model before, I called that learning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, performance yeah. was behavior as in do they actually implement the learning does it actually change their behavior yeah uh, and then the next one results which is the one well what happens as a consequence of them changing the behavior and mm-hmm. then what's the impact of that is the roi stuff the profitability the level five yeah i just yeah. wanted to kind of mention those other terms because those are the terms that i recognize and perhaps other people no, would I get as well that. I, I i like i personally i use both but i personally like to use the p's because you know I can understand. I can actually remember them when I. <laughs> yeah, the five to, uh, P's. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's just easier. Um, but I, I guess most people use the ones that you use, so uh, it's good that you mention them. Sorry, I interrupted I, you. You were saying what, about what how did, yeah, yeah, you were saying about how you got a hundred percent of you. You aim to have a hundred percent evaluation at the pleasure level, the reaction yeah. level, level one, and then you were yeah. talking about sixty percent at level two, the the learning or potential level. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, well, I also mentioned the other levels and, well, it becomes less and less, of course, uh, but especially to actually consider the training portfolio that we have and also all the new things that we develop and to consider at what level do we really want to evaluate this. And, um, well, that was, that was our start, really. And what we, what we tried to do was to actually make, uh, we, we came up with a table in which we also... Uh, mentioned all instruments that we could use for those different levels so to make it actually from a thought to an action so for example to actually in, uh, measure profitability we um, we could use financial and management information systems to uh, to measure the behavior performance level we could actually ask um, employees or colleagues uh, in a 360 de- degrees feedback to check whether behavior had actually changed. So that we, we actually tried to come up with all kinds of instruments for the different levels. And that helped us. It made a difference because we could actually start making evaluation plans, which we never did. We actually only made the happy sheet. We didn't structure our evaluation. And now we did start structuring them. But we were not there yet. Because when you start trying to make an evaluation plan at at one point you decide okay I'm I'm trying to make an evaluation plan and we did try to do that as quick as we could but often we started after we made the design of a training and um, that didn't work out very well and of course we already knew that would be better to, to actually design with the evaluation in our mind at least so that's what we tried at that point Okay, I was going to ask you actually just yeah. on, on that point because I was thinking 
when you were saying about you can use things like financial and management information systems to look at the, that level five evaluation. Yeah. It's very hard to actually isolate any change and track that back to a specific training course, isn't it? Yes. And that, I think that's always a problem. And um, I think you can never actually perfectly evaluate and, that's, and, and that you need to accept that. But what we do try now sometimes to, to really see a difference is at least, for example, uh, we have one program that we do in two different ways. For example, people that don't do the training and people that do do the training. Or, for example, two units that do, uh, that do the, the training and two units that do not do the training. And then see the difference and also um, in, in, in finance or in management information. Um, that might help sometimes to isolate the differences. Oh, that's interesting, but, yeah, because you get c- control groups. Yeah, we got control groups. That's what we started doing because it really wow. helped us. And what we also did is that we we uh, designed trainings in two different ways, and we see we try to see the differences because what we do is uh, quite a lot of distance learning, and uh, we wanted to know the difference between the impact of distance learning and classical learning, uh, the the classroom training, and we did the same trainings, but then. Uh, on a, in a different way and we evaluated them both and the same group so same units uh, but then a couple of people did the distance one and a couple of people did the um, the, the trainings that are actually uh, well in the classroom and that was also very interesting and of course then you don't isolate the, the, the other factors but at least you can measure differences which is very interesting yeah the, the other question I had actually was did you manage to get someone to agree to put eight to ten percent of your budget on this um yeah my boss oh, well. is, I, it, my boss is actually very committed <laughs> to this topic i think he's a special person <laughs> uh so yes uh he, he he doesn't mind and and well in general i guess it's also because we just tell people this is what it's going to cost <laughs> right okay well that's good that you got that support though that's really good yeah yeah it, it, that, that's nice and i i think but that support is, is also something you can only get if you, because that's another, I think one of the things that is quite important after a while, when I, I got more serious in evaluation, I also organized a couple of workshops for my colleagues to take them into my journey because it's, it's boring <laughs> and no one really wants to know. And it takes a while to get them interested. But after a while, I considered that if I really wanted to take this serious, we need to take this serious as a team, and um, and it, it it doesn't work if you do this on your own because it's actually it it could it can be quite costly to set up uh, a good evaluation system as a training department um, or a learning development department in this case. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, but it, we should reiterate that when you were looking at doing that level five, the, the profitability, the ROI, you're only trying to hit five percent of your. Yeah. Uh, your L&D activity um, yeah. and 10% at the level four, etc. Yeah. So it's not like you're trying to do absolutely everything. No, not at all. And um, no, and, and that is the good thing of choosing which programs you really want to evaluate very well. And it's quite easy, actually, when, when once you start uh, skimming through your portfolio to see which programs are the most important. And because it's, it's, it's both, it's both business impact and it's cost. So if a program is very costly, 
it's 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 quite reasonable to also make uh, an ROI study, or do an ROI study, because you if you want to invest a lot, why not evaluate it really well? Yeah, absolutely. You would anything else. Yeah, but yeah. If, it, if, if it was a marketing no, not learning and development. <laughs> but if it was a marketing campaign or something yeah. like that, of course you would. And and equally, your measures might get a little bit fuzzy if you're trying mm-hmm. to do if you're trying to measure something like brand awareness or those kind of quite soft areas. But, yeah. but you would have something. You would have some kind of of measure in place. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually strange that we didn't do this before. But um, well, for example, for us, leadership the leadership program is is one of the programs that we are thinking of also doing an ROI study on now because our leadership pro- program is quite costly, and it's it's also very important for us for the, in, in terms of impact in, on our organization. And I think that's the same for many organizations. Um, when it comes to uh, the leadership programs that they develop. Yeah. Um, I just want to say as well that the way you split this up into the five levels and you've, you've talked about what can be measured and the actual instruments that you can use to measure, mm-hmm. we, we will put that on the Trainer Tools website. Okay. So pe- people can go and refer to that and have a look at it. Yeah, I hope it would help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a useful thing for people to see. So. Okay, great. Well, thank you. <laughs> I think I should add something to this because um, – these were all helpful, but um, there was one thing that really made an impact. And and that is really what I, I tried to say before, that we used to design with the evaluation in our minds. But then at one point, one of my colleagues went to, um, went to a training, a training huh? <laughs> and this was on the ROI model. And um, uh, sorry, the V model, which is... Uh, developed by um, the ROI Navigator. And it's actually a very interesting model, which is very, it's, it's very like, very much like Kirkpatrick. And this is also something you can put on the uh, website. But what, it, what, it, what is really different in this model is that you start your design, not thinking of learning needs, not even performance needs, but you really start thinking, where does this pay off? Where can I actually make a difference when I start doing, well, when, when someone asks a question, when someone asks us to, to design a training, people often just want the training. We all know that problem. But it's quite difficult to ask questions on, uh, on impact sometimes. And this model, which actually starts with the payoff needs and not the learning needs or the performance needs, um, this, this, this model really helped us to start actually the conversation on a new training or a new product w- with the payoff needs. So what what does it really make a difference? What would go wrong if this training is never developed? Or what could go really right <laughs> if it is developed? So a different conversation, really. Yeah, so that's... that's um, and those questions, I think, are really useful. What would go wrong if we didn't do this? Or what would go right if we did? Yeah, I think those those are really useful because doing nothing is always an option that needs to be measured as well. Yeah, yeah, that's what so that's what we actually started doing, and and what we do now is that we actually even use this fee model when we start talking with our our clients. Um, we we actually try to get to 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 explain to them the perspective that we are coming from, and 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 see. With the evaluation in your mind, how can we actually um, design this training or this learning trajectory? Because we, we, we try not to design as, as many trainings as we did, <laughs> but to see what, what is actually necessary. For example, yesterday I, I had a question for 
a training for political advisors, political advisors that are uh, defense missions. They asked us to provide a training program, but when we started to talk about the V model, at one point, the real problem was that we, what, that we discovered in our conversation was really that we want defense people and people from our organization to work better together <laughs> and to let to get to know each other better and what we what we wanted they wanted to actually train our people in understanding the defense system and then at, at one point when we were discussing the v model we were just thinking maybe we should just ask defense people either to exchange with our people or Maybe we could ask them if they have a training that our people could go to, or you get a, a very different conversation. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, yeah, because you're starting out looking for that really deep, profound. What is the need behind here? What's the point of doing this? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's that you know, what do you want to see different? What do you want to change? So it's that uh, it, it is that very deep conversation that you need to. St- and what's interesting is what you're saying is evaluation starts with the the needs analysis. That's where evaluation starts, and I think one of the problems yeah. people have with evaluation is they leave it to the end of the L- to, to the cycle, um, yeah. and it isn't. If it, if it's built into the analysis, which is what you're also saying, what the V model talks about, then that becomes a lot easier to, to do the evaluation because the evaluation then just kind of slots in. Yeah, yeah. And and just just for clarity, I should say when you're talking about the V model, what we're saying is the letter V because that's the the yeah. the shape that the model takes and again you can see this on the on the website the trainer-tools.com website yeah should we, should we just quickly talk through the model so you can um so people yeah, can kind of pic- picture it um yeah. so uh, it, it is a v-shape so the, the the top it starts in the top left yeah and and on the left hand side is analysis mm-hmm. so we sort of travel down to the bottom center yeah and, and we start looking at level five so we the first questions we're asking is around payoff needs yeah so so what payoff does the business need following this training? Yeah. For example, the training I just mentioned, uh, the one that would include uh, political advisors working at a mission, a defense mission of ours. For example, we are in Mali right now. And what I, uh, when I asked the people concerning this training, they said, well, what we really want is that because of us, for example, pe- people wouldn't start fighting in, in, in the wrong time. This happened at, at one point in history somewhere. I'm not sure when or, or where, but uh, that one of our advisors was ill-informed about a, a certain, uh, well, a, a certain. Uh, well, he he wasn't prepared, and because he was not prepared or, or not well informed, um, he couldn't actually translate the information he got well. And that's and our mission actually started fighting. Uh, while they shouldn't have. <laughs> you mean literally fight military fighting? Military, yeah. Oh my god, that's a big payoff if people do start um, using guns when they shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, because of a mistake that could have been avoided. Uh, that's yeah, the kind I, of. I was going to say, I think I think war and peace is uh, probably bigger than most of us are, are dealing with every day. But that's a really interesting example. It was. And I, I really cou- couldn't imagine that that was the kind of problem that we wanted to avoid by training. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose there's a lot of a lot more things you can do. Um, but it was interesting that when I... Because I, 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 I never really um, considered that if you really get into these conversations, that you really get 
sit such answers because in, in many cases, I have to say, uh, the payoff needs are very difficult. It, it, it often boils down to sick leave, the less interesting ones, <laughs> let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. Maybe, maybe finance, um, maybe, yeah, well, again, a I think, turnover. I, th- I think, again, people are drawn to the measurable, aren't they? I think when you ask them any question like that, people don't want to give fluffy answers like, I want people to feel happier or, do you know, do you know what I mean? People kind of default yeah. to things that they can measure, like sick days, sick leave, anything that's mm-hmm. new, anything that's numeric. And yeah. I don't, I don't think that's the point. I think the point is genuinely, no, what, what are you genuinely trying to achieve? Don't worry about how to measure it. Just, What's, what's your ambition? What are you trying to get to? What is the payoff need? Yeah. Well, that's very interesting what you say there because I, I do this together with a colleague of mine, this whole evaluation business thing. <laughs> and um, after a while, when we were working with these models and all these numeric met- measures and in general measuring things, at one point, I think you always get to that point where you say, okay, but we can measure everything, but in the end, it boils down to doing things with the right focus, asking the right questions. And so, so evaluating, uh, evaluating well is, is, is good and interesting, but it's, the intent is, is more important. That's actually what I try to say. Because we all know that measuring things can be helpful, but it can also, be, it, it can also get in the way of a real conversation sometimes. Exactly, depending yeah. on Depending on how you use it, yeah. So if you're measuring the wrong things. It, it can actually be yeah. a, more, more than a distraction. It could be destructive. Yeah, if you measure a sick, a sick ratio, well, that is not the actual problem. Or, or if it actually distracts you from the real conversation you should be having, yeah, then it, it's, it, it's not very helpful. Yeah, yeah. no, I, f- I found that area really quite interesting, actually. But we won't get distracted by that because that would be a tangent that wouldn't be very interesting for the poor listener. So um, (laughs) you were talking about uh, payoff needs is that kind of level five stuff, which maps back to level five, the the, the ROI. And then the next one down level four is business needs, business needs. So this is kind of mapping back to the idea of what impact do you want this training to have? Could you just kind of say something that helps me understand the difference between those two? What's the difference between a payoff need and a business need? And what what questions might you ask to get to the difference? Yeah. Well, the, Payoff needs, let me think of a, a recent training that we did because that, that always helps. Um, well, let's just mention the, the sick leave idea. Uh, the payoff would be that less people would be sick and the business need would be for people to be, it sounds that simple, but to, to be less ill, for example. So it, it, it's really a it's quite distractible from the payoff needs. Uh, the payoff is, is like, uh, it needs to be 5%, while the business need is actually, um, we need less sick leave. Okay, that it's makes really, sense. The payoff yeah. is really only a numeric addition, you could say. It's, yeah. kind of, it's kind of the difference between outputs and outcomes. I don't know if you know yeah. that distinction. Yeah. yeah, from the logical framework approach. I'm not sure if people know that, but yeah. <laughs> well, the output would be, um, for example, you produce a report, whereas the outcome is the impact that report has. Yeah. So the, the decisions that are subsequently made or something like that, or the output could be the decision and the outcome would be the impact that decision has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's the same really with, yeah, for example, if you would go back to Kirkpatrick, where the one would be the cost and the other would be the... Um, the income, 
it's, it's a bit the same translation, really. So, so level five was payoff needs. So this is the kind of usually numeric thing. It's an ROI. It's yeah. the, out, the outcome, the ultimate outcome at the end of the day. Business needs is kind of an outcome as well, I guess, but it's more the output. It's, it's, it's um, what happens differently that leads to that payoff. Mm-hmm. So that's level four. Level three now is performance needs. So this yeah. is, if I've got this right, this is how the, the individual is doing their job differently to some yeah. degree. How they're performing. Yeah, how they're applying it. Yeah, applying doing, it. And then, and then we're at the part of where the learning needs come. So then we come down to level two, so what do they need to learn in mm-hmm. order to be able to do that, which then takes us down to preference needs, which is the, the, the reaction. So how do you actually want to learn? Yeah. Which takes us and all the way down to level zero, which is the input needs, says, therefore, what do I need to do as a learning and development professional in order to meet those needs? Yeah, yeah, and input could be anything, not just training, of course. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and and th- that's the kind of traveling down the left hand side of the V. So mm-hmm. we, so in in the diagram, we're now kind of down at the bottom middle, and then we sort of we climb up the right hand side because the, the left hand side was all all analysis and yeah. and and leading into design. Yeah, we've now delivered it, so we're now traveling up the right hand side of the V. So we're going up from the bottom middle up towards the top right hand corner, and this is all now evaluation. So we evaluate yeah. at level zero, which is input level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you start going up and well, and then still, um, depending on what level you want to evaluate, you, you decide how far up you want to go. So uh, um, again, that would be input reaction, learning application impact and at the end ROI. Um, so it's actually the same levels, but then the, it's not the analysis level, but the evaluation and that, that that that's really what made us that we just evaluated some time and we didn't evaluate um, on, on the basis of our analysis. That's what makes this model very interesting to me. Yeah, I think so, because you've because the analysis tells you how to evaluate, doesn't it? It tells you what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it sounds so simple, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it really wasn't that simple for us in the beginning. And it's still not easy, to be honest. I mean, um, to do this well, you really need to invest and um, the, it's it's sometimes difficult to get yourself and the people you're in a conversation with to actually go down to this to these um, more pronounced levels not just uh, the input need or the preference need or the learning need even but to go up to the performance business and payoff needs yeah I think I think so and also it depends who you're dealing with on the other end your customer and it may well be your customer has phoned you up because they want to put on some training courses because that's in their objectives yeah, or something like that. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah, and then you turn up, you rock up with this V model, and you start talking through, well, what's the real need? And they're thinking, I just, I just want to get some training courses so I can tick those boxes. Yeah. yeah generally, I have to say, I, I never ask them about needs uh, because that that's really quite. I think that's boring too. <laughs> Um, in general, it, it's the questions. The questions we ask is, is more the questions that I, I, I referred to before. The, the things that um, what is really going wrong right now uh, that that would be different if we actually do something together. What 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 is going wrong, or what do you really want to be to to be different, or or even just the question, the one that is also often referred to in the context of 70 20 10 who is your best performer and what does this person do that other people could also do in in terms of performance needs for example because 
the discussion about needs, I think, is a bit too abstract for many people. And it also feels like you're not listening to them because they're yeah, not I mean, as, they're not asking those questions. And it's so I think I think it's quite interesting that you say that you don't talk about needs. You actually kind of you do your analysis kind of almost secretly. Yeah, yeah. I do have a like a, a forum in which I I I, I write down the different um, areas. And then they know that I, uh, you know, if I have four areas that are still blank, <laughs> because they feel that I'm actually asking them questions and that that I'm 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 getting somewhere. <laughs> so I think that's my psychological way to go through the model is is to actually show them that I still have some blank spots to fill. <laughs> ah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just do it like that, just in a form. That's, yeah. that's 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 a clever way of doing it. Well, yeah, it's it's, it's really it, it was really to help ourselves, and then at one point it, it's it's also helpful because people see that you're not ready yet, and uh, that they're still and and in general, what I notice is also that if you ask these questions that are a bit more profound, people enjoy the conversation because they suddenly see that you're actually adding to what they are doing. Yeah, and they won't have thought about it from those perspectives often. Yeah. And if they don't enjoy the conversation, in general, during the conversation, they discover that they don't really need a training. Yeah. And that's okay, too. <laughs> is, a, is, is that form something that you can share? Yeah, why not? Why not? No, that, that's fine. I, well, I, I might have to translate in, in, in English. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but let me do that. Well, thanks very much for that, Merlin. I think that's, um, that V model is actually really useful. And my head is kind of thinking at the moment of lots of ways I can apply that myself. So where are you now? How's it going at the moment? What's going on at the moment? Yeah, um, well, what we are doing is we are standard, we are standardizing it. Well, how can I say this in English? <laughs> Sorry. How did I, how do I say I, we are stand Standardizing. Yeah. Is that a, an English word? Yeah, so I, oh, think okay. so. I think so. <laughs> I think so. I would okay, say sorry. it. Okay, well... That doesn't sorry. mean it's an English word just because I would say it. No, that's true. But uh, at least if you understand what I want to say, then most people will. Yeah. Okay, cut. As I said, one of my colleagues and I are, are doing this together. And what we are doing is we are standardizing um, our process within the departments because we came up with all these models and things and uh, forums. And um, what we're trying to do now is to, to actually uh, organize a workshop with our colleagues to share our practice more than we did in, in the past with our colleagues and um, and to actually, because every conversation you learn something about the way we can do better. So these forums that we use, we we try to make them better every day and, and we try to share our, yeah, uh, to share what we do with our colleagues, not just within our own ministry, but also within other ministries in our uh, country, yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much for that, Merla. I think that's it's really interesting to see how you've managed to take that project, especially within the public sector, and not only get the budget, which is quite impressive, but then actually, you know, give evaluation the importance it deserves, considering that most of us in learning development find this the much more boring end of the, the job. And we all yeah. kind of, we want to be in training rooms or we want to be in discussions and involved in learning itself. We don't want to be sitting around adding up numbers on spreadsheets. no. So it's it's really interesting how you've actually managed to get the budget, get a model, and and actually then apply that, and to the point where you're you're now standardising it across across the organisation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thank you very much for sharing that. I think it's really valuable stuff, and I hope people find it useful. And uh, as we said before, the, the the V model graphic and some of the other stuff there will be on the Trainer Tools website, trainer-tools.com. Okay, that's great. Yeah. 
So thank you very much. Thank you, John. It was very nice to, to speak to you. So that was me talking to Merle van der Voord about evaluation. Hope you found that interesting. All the documents that she refers to are on the Trainer Tools website, so please visit that. And if you like this, please do share through social media and please do give us a review on iTunes. And that's it. So see you next month.